Hi, and welcome to the first episode of the Tea Care Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Alex, and I'm joined by my co-host, Jeremy, for this instalment. In this episode, we are talking about how to prepare for an ethnically unrepresented workforce and the impacts culturally aware leaders can make. Our special guests for this episode are Zef and Ape, two amazing individuals who work at Microsoft. Luckily, these two share a great relationship and I'm excited to share their knowledge and insights with you, our listeners. So wherever you are, grab a notebook and a pen and enjoy the Tea Care Podcast. Um, Well, speaking to the crowd, um, welcome, welcome, welcome to the Technology Community for Racial Equality Podcast, or abbreviated to TK Podcast. I'm Alex Best, um, and I will be one of the hosts within this podcast series, and I'm joined by the beautiful Jell, who I'm sure she can introduce herself because she's going to do a way better job than me. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'll do my best, Alex, but thank you. Uh, Yeah, I'm Jeremy Sutton, uh, and I'm really happy to be joining Alex as the co-host with two of our very brilliant interviewees that we've got today. I join us from Microsoft, where I'm part of our education team, working with loads of our government customers around education. But today isn't about that, is it, Alex? Today is about a different topic. Yes, most definitely. Today, we're going to be focusing on a particular area that we think is suited to our listeners and suited to what we are trying to achieve as the TK group. Um, so a little bit more about me. So I am an account manager at Software One. I've been there for around a year and a half. And my perps, my experience before that was that I used to work for other resellers. I used to work in the publishing company. Um, but I wanted to move to a company which is a little bit more suited to my needs. So that's why I ended up at Software One. And in more to relation with T-Care. T-Care is something that I'm really passionate about. Um, We came together this year and was announced this year at Microsoft Ignite and really looking forward to putting these podcasts out there so that you've got some information that you can go and listen to and digest and maybe take back to your businesses or to your peers or your friends or your family or or anyone like that. so today we're joined by two amazing people. I'm, I'm almost surprised that we've been able to get both of them. I think the diary's been stacked um, for both of them and to be able to get this time is, is honestly fantastic. So um, without further ado, I'm gonna, I'm gonna leave them to introduce themselves. We've got Zef and Ape on the call. Hi guys, how are we doing? Hey, very good, thank, thank you, very good. Thanks for having me. Or thanks yeah, for having both indeed. of us. Yeah. I feel like I'm on here with my like my big <laughs> brother because I've known Ape for years. So like when when you kind of suggested me and Ape doing it together, I was like, oh, I could think of no better person to do this with actually because I think it'll be interesting. You'll see in the dialogue like he's been like a a mentor and like a teacher for me all throughout my career when I started off super like when I was like twenty three or something uh-huh. like twenty three trying to do. It. But I think. It'll be great, like the dialogue, because we'll have real examples of my experience growing up in it, and then obviously his experience back. So, so it's a bit of like a, it's a nice for me, in oh, my man. opinion as well. Not sure about convincing. <laughs> oh, Sounds feel a bit old with. now. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for that. No, I yeah, I couldn't agree more. I mean, it's um, you know, 
along the years, Zeph has definitely been one of those who I'd say is like, um, you know, my little brother. We've always stayed in touch no matter uh, uh, kind of where we are in our careers or in, in life. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I was, it was one of the most exciting moments uh, once I um, realized I'd be joining Microsoft was actually that I was going to be spending time with Zeph and getting to, um, you know, uh, work a lot more closer with him than uh, I had done uh, historically. So yeah, very, very uh, great to be. And then I've met so many great people like uh, Jeremy, you know, um, so it's, it's, uh, it's been an awesome uh, time so far. Good. Well, it sounds like we all love each other, which is brilliant. Um, I'm sure we're going to make for a fabulous conversation. Um, but I think, you know, Zeph, you make a really good introduction there because, you know, you talk about, you know, you've known Apple for a long time. We've all got different experiences for our careers and we've all been in the tech industry for, you know, a, a different different amount of time. Um, and one of the things that we really want to talk about today is, I guess, just looking at, you know, over time, kind of our experiences from today uh, and however long we've been in the industry, kind of what, what the representation feels like. For, for people like ourselves and how that might have changed because, you know, the experiences if you've been in IT for a year might be different if you've been in there 20. Not that I'm needing anyone to have been there that long. Um, and it would just be, you know, it'd be great to hear, I guess, Ape, if we if we start from you, I mean, how has it changed? How has the industry and the tech industry specifically changed in terms of uh, how represented it feels for, for people from all different kind of backgrounds? I, I, yeah, it's a great question. Um, and I think kind of from a lived experience perspective, it's, it's changed dramatically and it's changed dramatically fast. Um, I, I certainly recall when I first joined uh, the industry uh, back in 1886. No, it wasn't quite as far back. As that. <laughs> but, um, I, you know, I think it was uh, just after 2000. And um, I would say the majority uh, and I mean majority was over 90% plus of the individuals I, I, I came across and worked with etc uh, were male um, and most of them were certainly you know white male um, as well um, what I did see though that was um, evolved quite quickly and I, I mean quickly it was literally a number of uh, years a few years uh, more female representation coming in and um, as I moved organizations I certainly saw more and more females I was exposed to more and more females and it was it, it was really nice to see um, and particularly also actually in more s senior roles not necessarily in the boardroom the boardroom was still um, still very much um, white male um, white middle-aged men and uh, but again by the end of the 2010 I certainly started to see a lot more women um, starting to come into um, board level um, roles. I, I think how I, also then I started to see a lot more um, representation from, from, from our community and the BAME community uh, particularly um, coming through. And it, but it was still so small. You all knew each other, right? In an industry this size, um, I can tell you back then, uh, pretty much every person of color that was in the industry of a certain level, we pretty much knew each other um, and we saw each other in the same events, etc. And I, I and, and probably why I, I, you know, I love this guy so much, you know, Zeph, was when, when he was, he was one of the first I saw out of Microsoft that came to our organization. I was like, bro, great to see, oh man, it was, it was just like, oh, 
Um, it was it was awesome, and and you know uh, you guys will get to see this in the in the podcast and get to see he is just such an awesome guy. So um, yeah, you know, being such an awesome person that he was, the energy he brings, the 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 um, intellectual horsepower he brings as well. It was it was just so great to kind of you know uh, meet with uh, somebody like Zeph and and. For me, you know, he calls me a mentor. I, I think it's more kind of that brotherly engagement. And um, it was great to get reverse mentoring from, from Zeph, which I did at times. Uh, and also for me to share my own uh, mentoring, my own support uh, to him. But we saw the change. And so to where we are today, to get us to kind of um, catch us up to where we are today, I think there has been significant change. And I think we should not lose sight of that. Some of it is to do with the fact that, you know, in our industry, um, Technology actually is an, is is doing a, a better job than most other places in terms of uh, leveling, um, and it's about meritocracy more and more. We're not there yet. Let's not kid ourselves. We're not there yet. But if you think about the democratization of information, democratization of IT, it it, it is helping and it is bringing in uh, a diverse workforce. But it's still got a long, long, long way to go. Yeah, and and I think like. You know, you think about some of those points there and you can ask the question, but I think over time, what you've seen, Joe and Alex, is that technology and the diversity of roles that are available in technology has expanded. Like, so if mm. I was, when I was in school and someone said, do you want to work in tech? I, I don't what connotations would that have kind of brought into your head? It's probably mm. way different as we've gone over time. And so I think that's opened up the doors. So when we get into some of the stuff that we do, like in our ERG communities, employee resource group, is about raising aspirations and demystifying stuff as well. Because a lot of people think, all right, I've got a code to be in tech, or you know, I've got to be um, a white boy seller to be in tech, or whatever it is. But and I, and I think over time we've seen that that's changed, and people are understanding that there's sales roles in tech, there's strategy roles in tech, there's marketing roles in tech, there's technical roles in, in tech. There's partner facing roles, there's customer facing roles, like there's there's you know, there's HR in tech, there's finance roles in tech. Like, you know, and I think that's really helped as well with the the um representation and more people being interested in technology and industry, plus all the other kind of macro kind of things that are happening with tech kind of being pervasive through everything that we see. So it's kind of like a common word for like, you know, fast growing industry when you look at market cap and all of these kinds of the, the those cool companies are all kind of aligned to tech, but I think you've got all these things, these things coming together. Plus, a hundred percent plus, the cultural element, the social moves, you know, that's coming. Millennials, Gen Z, that kind of feel of what does the company I work for, what does it actually stand for? And you know, Alex and I were talking about this, and for me, one thing that I found strange, Appy, I mean, Michelle, you found it strange, is that when I started in tech. When I was in 2011, I think, 2012, something, 11, something like that. Um, I don't count my internship. And let me count my internship as well, actually, because that's a key part of it, actually. Let me count that. Because when I started, and Appy, another reason why we clicked this <laughs> both. That's true, that's true. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Finding any common denominator. <laughs> <laughs> you know, competition, like, who's doing this guy's doing this? Another doing that. So, um, but, you know, I just remember feelings of going into events as an intern. And you know, I was born and raised in South London, which is super cosmopolitan. And then when I think about like culture and diversity, it was never really about race. Like I never really had that thing growing up. Like, 
race, race. Like all, all my friends were black, white, like whatever. We were just all together in South London, you know, trying to make it out of, of, of what we were doing, trying to raise aspirations, trying to get some money, trying to do whatever, you know, escape, escape the hounds and the, the chains and the negativities. And obviously there's great things in there, but that's, that was our common goal and, and common mission. And so when you went out into a, like a different environment, like this workplace environment, I remember going into events and going, man, I'm like yeah. the only person that looks at, looks like me in this whole event. And it wasn't just looks like me, it was like talks like me, probably thinks like me, because I had similar experiences. So I just didn't even know what to talk about. Um, and, you know, and I think there's a combination when you're early in career as well, you've got like that anxiety in your head of, I don't, I'm young, I don't know what I'm talking yeah. about. They're going to find me out. <laughs> Have I even meant to be here? You just plodded along. So you had all of these kind of things just like you're um, dealing with. But over time, I've seen it. Like when now when I go to Microsoft and I see like, you know, get bet the intern um, cohort or the graduate cohort, it's more yeah. representative. And I think there's an also how tech and has even democratized culture. So I even talk about this culture in terms of what we look like and, you know, can I click with you on what we look like and assume things of what we look like. But there's also what we talk about. Do we have similar experiences? Or even if we don't, can I understand it? Can I can I walk in your shoes and get what it mm -hmm. might have been like because I've spoken to someone else or I've engaged with someone else if yeah. you get what I mean. So, so you don't feel excluded from an environment yeah, that you're I, in. I've had a lot of similar, a lot of really similar experiences, F, and actually, I remember really vividly that I did an internship as well and uh, I was living up in Nottingham and my only two requirements were that one that I could say living in Nottingham because clearly I wanted to save my mates who were not going on a placement year, priorities. <laughs> and the other was that I work in any industry except for tech. That was my number one requirement. Wow. I just didn't see, didn't see myself in any way wow. as, as a female, as a, a woman of colour. There was nothing about it that reflected who I was mm. and... I ended up working at Fujitsu, which was a great experience, but it's only because my overriding desire to be in Nottingham, and it was based in Sutton in Ashfield, which is about 40 minutes away, overrode my need for industry. Um, I would add that I ended up living in Reading, so not, none of that plan went to plan. <laughs> but yet, here I am, you know, like over, over a decade it. later. And, um, and yeah, and I think if, if I go back to that placement year, even, even my first graduate job, there was nothing about any of those experiences that I felt comfortable with i would say in terms of people that i thought i could identify with the people that i learned from and meant to still today but they probably saw something in me as someone who's probably struggling a bit more because they're yeah i mean my, my first day on my first graduate job i was subject to some radical um sexism um but equally some some really really strong um support from, from some senior male uh, members there as well so it's I can identify with all of that early in career then feels really different. So I look at who's coming in the chain now and who wants to work in our companies. Um, I felt like I was on my own and I'm really, really glad to see it feels like culturally you don't see it. It doesn't mean that we don't need the support mechanisms because I think that that's why it's grown. But equally, I'm really glad to see that 10 years later, things look and feel a bit different. And, you know, you mentioned earlier, Seth, about ERGs. I mean, a lot of people won't know what that means, especially if they don't work at Microsoft. Could you could you tell us just a little bit more about that and especially the role that you have in, in playing there? So the Employee Resource Group, stand, or ERG stand for Employee Resource Groups. And I know in some other organisations, they call them Business Resource Groups. And essentially, these are groups aligned to specific topics 
in an organization. So um, if, for example, in Microsoft in the UK, we have the Embrace Employee Resource Group, which used to be called uh, BAME. Um, so allowed to rape ethnicity culture. We've got a women's group. We've got um, an LGBTQI plus group. We've got a families group, a military group. Uh, we've got an accessibility group as well. And essentially the, these groups partner closely with the business. They partner closely with employees to, to take signals from employees, to take signals from the, from the business so that we can live out one of our mantras, which is come as you are and do what you love at Microsoft. So in our employee resource group, we, we're, we're aligned to kind of three pillars. Um, which is like, how do we inspire Microsoft UK around culture, race, and ethnicity? How do we educate Microsoft UK around race, ethnicity, and culture? And then how do we celebrate, you know, the diversity of cultures, races, ethnicity? And we do that through various, various modes. But then going back to a point that you made, Joe, around comfort, the ERGs are a big part of that. But I also think every single individual, if you're listening to this, that point of of helping to people to be, feel comfortable. I always think about my experiences when I, you know, coming from South London, a black male and coming into certain environments and that feeling of uncomfortability, like walking in to a place of feeling really uncomfortable. But then I always remember the people that went out of their way to make me feel comfortable or did things to make me feel comfortable. And I think we can always, we can always do that. When we're in a room and we think, you know, does, does that person, do they look uncomfortable? where we just think about the things that maybe an underrepresented group might by default feel uncomfortable. So how do we elevate their voices? How do we make them feel more comfortable? And I think those are the type of things linked to the point and what the ERGs do that anyone can do and everyone can have the model in their head about when they're in a room and when they're leading people and they're managing people or when they're just pairing their pairs or whatever it may be. Like, how do they do that? I think that anyone, so, everyone can. I, th I think it's quite interesting um, going into, well, your internship. And, Joe, you went into your internship as well. And I guess the common denominator here is we all had to start from somewhere as, as like, a our first job or where we've come out of uni or something like that. And we've all had to sort of overcome those barriers or hindrances or had those little bumps in the roads to get to the point that we're at now. Um, what I, my question to you, Zef, is if you were to talk to yourself, just coming into Microsoft, just starting that internship, what would be maybe three key sort of less lessons or learnings you would give to that person to say, this is what you need to be successful or to feel comfortable in a workplace or just be the best person you can be at Microsoft? I think the first one is like, you're there for a reason, you know, um, you got hired, you went through a, I would, I would assume a rigorous pro a process to, to, to get there. You didn't just like walk in, ask for a badge, ask for an employee number, give them uh, some figures on the sheet and say, mm -hmm. pay me this. And then sat in the corner to do something like, you know, there's thousands of people that are coveting your thing. So I think the first one comes from like a self-esteem and yeah. a self-belief. I, I really believe that. And I think, you have to you have to ground yourself in who you are that would be my main thing actually because over time the challenges just become different i would say like when you're early in career and you're battling with certain challenges and whatever you get over that and then you go but then when you're maybe mid-career when you're going when you're senior there's just a different type of challenge and you're still you know from my perspective in the role role that roles that i've done and i and i say it you know 
leaders that I've worked with, managers that I work with, everyone's kind of, no one's perfect. Everyone's dealing, everyone's got a boss. I think that's probably the way to say it. Like everyone's got a boss. Everyone is trying to perform. Everyone is proving that they should, or proving, rather through their performance organically or you know, inorganically, showing that they should be in the role. So I think there's always that element that, hey, believe that you're here for a reason and try and really ground yourself in your, in your ability and, and ground yourself in the things that you've done that have got you there. And then as soon as you go on, I would record my wins. Like I would always record my wins, record, because it's always easy like, as you're going along just to remember all the negative things, like the bit of negative feedback yeah. that you got when it didn't go. I remember actually it was with Appy, <laughs> story. When I used to, used to be a distribution manager um, for organizer for, for for Microsoft for for um, managing his disty that he used to work for, um, and it was a QBR quarterly business review for the no. So I was leading it, and I they come into TVP the whole leadership team of Ingram they come into TVP and I must have been like twenty five or something I'm feeling the pressure I've got my big bosses in there, you know it's it's a, a two way thing the, the the other organizations watching you but also your bosses are watching you as well it's always like a a two way thing. I got my deck ready, I'd gone through it, I plugged in, I was about to start. I and mean, when I started up the deck, I realised like it was an old copy of the, of the deck. So the stuff that I put in was, wasn't in there. And I was like, oh my God, the thing was about starting, I was trying to reboot and then the PC like, wasn't rebooting. And, and, and it was just like, I just felt the ground. I'm laughing, Zeph, because I can imagine I everyone's been there and the ultimate fear when you're on the yeah. spot, you've got people in the room and you're like, oh, I don't know what to do here, like rabbit in headlights. <laughs> Like that, and then, you know, thinking all these senior people on there that are just like, what is going on? And, and I remember Ape was the person that went, hey, like, no worries. I remember he was the one that stood, I'll never, I'll always remember it because I think he stood in actually before the people on my side stood in, you know, because he was there that, you know, talk about support and comfort in a room. Like, that was key. Like, he was one that went, oh, like, oh, don't worry, to time. And then he started talking about something else and maybe referencing some other thing just to kind of keep it. So it wasn't just there to kind of take off that spotlight and the uncomfortability for me. And, you know, that thing, I remember when it came out of the room and my, my direct manager was like, that was fine. Like, it happens to everyone. And then a, another leader was kind of like, I forget it. <laughs> <laughs> so my manager was like, don't worry, it's fine. Da, 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 da. And, you know, that ate me up for, a, like, I don't know, I was probably, like, days, weeks, I just, in my head, couldn't get it out of my head, it knocks your confidence. But, you know, there's things that, when you get over that, you have to remember all the good things that you've done. There was a reason why I was able to be in that room doing the review in the first place. If I wasn't competent or capable of it, I wouldn't have probably been in that room anyway. Like, you know, so so I think those are the kind of things, this is a long-winded answer to your point, so it's just... <laughs> that first point of self-belief like and 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 self-belief can also yeah. come from other people i always used to use this term borrow someone else's belief like when i was in one of my first jobs a mentor who i still speak to he was like what do you want to do next in your career and i was like i'd love to do this job in like you know, three, four years. And then he just went, but you could do that job now. And it changed, instantly changed my whole perspective. Because I'm like, if he believes that I can do this job now, then that, means, that must mean that I can do it because he's great. He rates it. So I think there's just something something in, in that over time. And so I'll stop. That's one point of your three. 
and maybe I'll pass. Maybe Joe and Appy can do the other two, three, and we get like a. Yeah, I've 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 forgotten actually what other three points we're going to get to. (laughs) 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 No, just kidding. So, uh, Jeremy, go on, you go. Yeah, well, to be honest, I I completely agree. And I think when you're, you know, when you look back and you start your first job, be that because you've, you know, you've been to university, you've started an apprenticeship, or you've gone straight from, from college, the one thing you don't have is those recurring experiences of doing well when it means something. Because doing well when it means something before you go into your first job is basically exams, right? And you live and die by an exam number, the percentage that you you achieved. And all of that basically gets removed when you walk into the workplace. So you're having to recalibrate around, well, what is good? And with these people who I've never worked with, to be frank, I don't know what I'm good at because never done a job before, let alone this job. Um, And you have to have those learned experiences, good and bad, to figure out what you're good at, where you can feel strong, those advocates in the room who will stand up for you. And that is such a lovely example, Zeph, because I do think that your confidence builds when you find those, you find those people who've got you back. 100%, I think you, you, and you'll always have that. And there might be your peers in the team, there might be your manager, it might be somebody else. But I think you start to believe what you can be when you have those people giving you that little shove in the back, that little help, helpful hand. But you've got to, you've got to put some skin in the game to start to get that right. So you've got to be brave. I think that's the number one thing I would say. Everyone started somewhere. And as Ape says to me all of the time, and it's, everyone's human everyone's got feelings no one is a robot yeah. so everyone has been scared excited stressed angry overwhelmed you know celebratory everyone has been there and everyone's got every emotion it's just that they've probably learned a bit better over the years how to manage it temper it whatever it might be but emotions are a good thing so be brave put yourself out there and know that if you make a mistake so what what's the worst what's the worst thing that can happen if you make a mistake um and go from there. Yeah, I totally agree. Like, you know, I'm laughing about that mistake now. But yeah, yeah, it's like, it's like life-changing, isn't it? Like, yeah. Okay, yeah. <laughs> well, what do, you, what do yeah. you think, though? Yeah. No, I, look, I, I, first of all, I'm, I, I'm, I'm in awe of both of you as I, as I hear you talk um, through your, your experiences and, and, and the points that you're making, which are absolutely spot on. And I can only say thank you uh, for being so open and thank you for um, helping others out there to see that, to your point there, uh, Jeremy, that you're human, but you know, you, you can persevere. And I, I think it is, I love the point you touched on there, Zeph, it's absolutely important, be yourself, right? Um, I think the challenge and mm-hmm. I, 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 look, let me, I'll, I'll be vulnerable and own up to some of this. I think earlier on in my career, in my times, I think there were times where um, I did a bit of covering, right, um, in, in certain situations. Certainly earlier on in my career, so, okay. we do that. Sorry to stop you, flight. What do you no. mean there by covering? So covering. So this is where you, when you're in a specific, certain situation, certain environment, you um, dial down some of the things that make you who you are, which may include up to mm-hmm. the point of, um, you know, trying to dial down what you think your ethnicity or perceived ethnicity behaves like or some of the things so it's how you speak perhaps some some of the language you use um it would be or including by the way you will even start to in some cases when um people ask you sort of what music do you like you you will dial down the music that is actually 
the ones you probably spend more time with, which is for me back then it was hip hop, it was R and B, still is by the way, um, Afro beats and so on. And you maybe dial up a bit more of the poppy or, or um, uh, you know, the, the stuff that isn't necessarily really what you always. So you 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 try to conform a little bit to the environment that you're in, so that you can fit, feel like you fit in. Um, are you, are you telling so, me you used to tell people you listen to In Sync? I'm just checking. I'm just seeing where the flavor is. is. I'm glad you went in sync. I thought, I thought if you went, oh, if you, you started to go down, sort of take that, then no, yeah, no. Um, but no, <laughs> you would, yeah, there's certain, certain um, things that you would you would say that you 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 were more akin to than you perhaps were really truly inside of yourself. Um, does that make sense? Yeah, it yeah. does. And thank you for explaining. And I, 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 well, I'll speak for myself. But it's certainly, I can see myself identifying with a lot of the things you were saying there, not least for the accent. Don't know if anyone's noticed it, but you used to be saying I was pretty ashamed of. So, yeah, I can quite literally hear what you're saying, Ape. Yeah, they're, they're, exactly. And they're, they're things like that. What what music do you listen to? What books do you read? What what's you know? What are the cultural stuff that you you connect to and what you project in, a, in certain environments and particularly in the work environment? which was uh, a white male dominated environment would be different to what actually your true self was about and you projected. Um, and that's how you you felt that you had to kind of, you know, to get on and, and, and to, to, to um, yeah, move on in, in, in life. And so uh, and until you get to a point that uh, as if you referenced it, which is where you have a comfort in yourself and you have a belief in yourself, you do tend to cover um, in, in parts. Um, it, that's, I think, quite different today. What I, what I like about, it, I think, this generation and, and, and the opportunity actually the millennials have had is that they haven't had to necessarily do as much covering um, as they come into the workplace, but it's still there, still a reality. So uh, it, being yourself is absolutely important. And this is why I think particularly for um, black community, we really have underestimated the importance of understanding our history and that in my humble opinion this is let me maybe speak personally that's what's also helped me get um have a, a sense of grounding now when when i was growing up a strong african household education was always key and 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 by the way so you were having to read stuff that you necessarily wanted to but you had to and one of them was actually our black african history um, and so it wasn't that, oh, by the way, what we tend to grow up with um, or be taught generally is it's all about slavery. But actually, hold on a minute. No, there are things that really show the, the real strong positive sides of, of us as, as Africans. And that is that we were traders. We were innovators. We had empires. Understanding all of that for me was actually very strong in, in, in helping me ground myself and, and feel actually i have a value in society and that value in society piece is where i think our community struggles with um a, a lot of the time um and then the other one is um i will always say to people at microsoft that come in and whether you're early in career or not but certainly those earlier in career and those who are our, our leaders that you see in here you know jeremy zeff um it's your microsoft too I think that's the other thing that um, sometimes when you come into an organization that is, you know, as, 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 as amazing as, as Microsoft is, that you, you know, that, I don't want to use the term imposter syndrome, but that whole sense of belonging 
is still something mm -hmm. you, you build. It's a muscle you, you mm -hmm. kind of build and develop. Um, and I get that, but you must also remember, to Zef's point, you're here for a reason. You didn't just get a pass. You didn't just get sort of turn up and sort of, you know what, I like it, come in, right? You worked hard to get to where you are today. Your intellectual horsepower got you to where you are today, but you're now part of an organization that's part of a big mission, um, and that mission is to go out and actually enable um, communities, organizations, people to do more out there. And I excuse the kind of going back into the, the, some of the mission statement, but I think that's important that you understand. That's the mission we're on, and you're part of that mission, so this is your mission too. This is your Microsoft too, right? And that's important. Yeah. And I think I think that's build on that. And you're talking about like building culture and community. The reason why us and a load of other organizations, like you see, we always reference the mission or the mantras. And I love what Satya says about the difference between the espouse culture. So we can all yeah, say the yeah. mission, that's easy. And everyone's got a mission statement, like basic business school 101 that we're taught, you know, write your mission and your vision out or whatever. But then the espouse versus the lived, like, is it real? And I think that's that's the differences in that. How do you actually build the, the community? So we can all say, come as you are, do as you love, empower every person in the organization to do and achieve more. But then if you come and comes in and like, oh, that's not true, is it? And and you quickly get found out. That's the thing that you quickly get found out. It gets found out really, really quickly. So so for anyone listening, I would say like, you know, when you're trying to say how if it's my organization or asking the hard questions, I would always ask hard questions of your leaders, like, what is our mission? What is us? What is it on this? And then, yeah. is it real? Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, someone, someone's got to ask that. Is it, is it real? Or is it just words on a paper that we don't really do anything with? And challenge yourself and like, look around and ask, yeah. you know, is it real? Or is it just words on well, a paper? Um, I, I, I had a question for Ape because mm. you would have start, started your role at a different time to, to us. Um, and probably you was trains, the only person. Steam trains and um, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> uh, but you you probably was the only person of color or one of few people of color within the business. So what I want to understand is how did you sort of develop that company culture? How did it get to the point where it is now where? You've got people like Zeph who you've been able to build this great relationship with and Zeph feels much more comfortable now in the workplace in comparison to maybe how you started. Because I think that might be something that's quite interesting to people who are within your similar sort of stature, been at a company for a long period of time, but are not too sure how they can start turning the screws to start making it a little bit more comfortable for people from other backgrounds. Yeah, it's a great question, um, Alex, and thanks for the question. I think look, I'm, I'm actually going to answer this question in the framework um, that we, 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 we have within Microsoft. Uh, it's a, one of our leadership frameworks, and I think it really talks very strongly, um, and it's a really nice framework to kind of answer the question. I think the first thing um, uh, as you come in is that you've, you've got to re realize and recognize, and I don't think that's too different today, by the way, um, because I, I just think if you look at the representation of the black community in, in, and in fact, the BAME community overall in the IT industry, it's still remarkably low, right? Uh, and so we've got to model, right? So when we turn up, we've got a model and we've got a, uh, unfortunately, um, we do have to be the best of the best um, out there because in certain situations, the reality is you're, um, you're representing your community. 
I don't want to kind of put that on us as, as each individual. And I know it sounds like a, a very big thing to put on individuals, but that is the reality. And I, I don't want us to, I can easily go on and come in and, and you know, you, you, you will, whatever you perform is just going to be on you. Actually, that, that, that would be disingenuous because the fact is there'll be those who will look at you and look at your performance. And if certain things don't go right in the right way, it won't be just on you as an individual. It will be on your community because that's what will happen. Assumptions are made. Mm -hmm. um, and that's just the reality we're in today. You know, it's not right. It's not, it's not easy. It's not nice. But it is the reality. Let's, 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 let's kind of, so you've got to model, right? And make sure we're, we're always um, performing our best, doing our best. Um, so that those coming behind us, uh, and that's what we're doing this for, by the way, there are those coming behind us, we're, we're opening the doors for them, right? The next thing is that it's about coaching, right? Um, and that's the, you know, that's what the next piece of our, of our uh, um, leadership framework, which is around coach, right? How are we coaching? And I tend to give up a lot of time and spend a lot of time uh, on coaching. Um, I, I, Zeph, I'm sure, will attest to this. You know, I, if he ever, whenever he called, whenever he needed a bit of time on any coaching or any mentoring, I'd make that time available for him, and, and as do with, with others, right, Jeremy and so on. But I, I also would ask them to do the same for others. I'd ask you, Alex, to do with us, and I'll ask all of us in, in positions of, of privilege, in other words, being in the roles that we're in, to do that for others. And, I, and, and that's very, very important, and that's how... Um, you help others, I think, come into to, to our industry and encourage those to, who are already in our industry to kind of develop uh, um, and evolve. Um, and then the last piece around that is, is really the, that care piece, right? And making sure that you're showing that care for the organization, for the team, and then for the individuals in there. And that it's, it's seen as it's Part of that kind of how we caring for each other as human beings, first and foremost, it's important to understand that because you don't want to start putting, you know, boundaries, the barriers exist, but we want to break those down and we want to care as a society, we want to care as a community and making sure that therefore you are um, keeping an eye on how people, you know, how people are when they come in. Are they feeling comfortable? Are they, if they, are you spotting where they're not feeling so comfortable? Are you making sure you're leaning in so that you can get them out of wherever it is they're in and get them to kind of perform? Because ultimately, that's how you develop a great, great organization. But that's how we also develop a great society. Brilliant. That makes sense. Yeah, I mean, right. Absolutely makes sense, Apay. And like any good conversations, yeah. um, from all of the points that you and Zeph have raised, I think it makes us want to talk a, a lot more um, about all of those. But you know, if I start to summarise some of the, the great conversation we've had, I mean, we've, we've actually spent a lot of time talking about you know, young people and how the industry has changed. And thankfully, Ape from when you started 200 years ago to when, you know, Alex maybe started a few years ago, things have evolved, but actually there is still way more to do. Uh, and we need to be using those, you know, that, that modelling behaviour and making sure that we are, you know, we're being who we want to be, but also we're creating the industry we want for, for people who might be 20, might be 15, they might be five, you know, because our industry is going to live long past any of us. And we need to make sure it's the right industry and it's inclusive for everybody. Um, but we've also speaking of what it means to, to be successful. Um, and that means being brave and courageous. Mm. You know, and it means getting those those mentors who are going to back you and support you and tell you the hard truths. So I will admit that all of my mentors have given me really good advice, but also really honest. And I think we need that to, to really progress. Um, and I also think it's about recognising that we that we all belong. 
And there's a place for all of us. And actually, it doesn't matter what ethnicity you are, what gender you are, you know, what additional needs you might have. The tech industry is something that can represent everybody, and it does represent everybody. But we want it to do even more of that. So I'm going to make a cheeky request because I think that there's lots of things that we could pick up on here. And, you know, first of all, I think it's about leadership because as much as we can create the communities and we can be what we want to see, ultimately, to your point, Zeph, everyone's got a boss and everyone needs to be held to account and we need to make sure that they are doing the right things and that filters down. So I think there's definitely maybe some value in looking at that as a particular topic. Um, but also then maybe looking at more around that mentoring part of it because there are multiple programs that we have at Microsoft. Actually, T-Care, we want to make sure we're supporting our community and getting a more diverse tech industry. So there's definitely a conversation we could pick up on there. So yeah, I'm going to be very cheeky and hope you won't say no off the cuff, but it would be great to pick up with both of you at another point around that. But um, yeah. before I hand over to Alex, I'll just say thank you to both of you for your time and, and your insight and your honesty. Because um, these are really, really important topics, and now I really value both of your opinions and your and your support. Alex, back to you. Thank you, thank you, Joe. Appreciate it. Um, so yeah, no, same again from myself. Um, thank you for joining us on this episode of the TK Podcast. I hope listeners, you've got some value from this. I mean. I'm definitely going to be going through this again and scribbling down some notes that I can take away because there's definitely some some nuggets of success that, that can be taken into your roles or into your lives or to your peers. But um, unfortunately, that's all we've got time for today. Um, but please do um, follow us on all social media channels. Um, please follow up with Zeph and Ape on LinkedIn and on their socials as well. I'm sure they'll be quite open to answering any questions or queries that you have, whether it be about you going into a new role or you're someone who's seasoned in your role. Um, and yeah, we really look forward to hearing you, well, hearing your successes um, and seeing and hoping that you're going to be able to take this information and really thrive in everything that you do. So until the next podcast, um, it's been great. It's been Alex, it's been Joe, Ape, Zeph, and yeah, have a good day. Take care. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode and we look forward to hearing your thoughts. So please continue the dialogue on socials. To stay updated on when we release the next episode, follow us on LinkedIn and on Twitter at TC4RE. And don't forget to check our website at www.tcare.org for more information and content on today's topics.